Welcome to Vancouver SEO Expert Podcast. Today, we'll be talking about six weapons of influence. My name is Alex, I'm the host for today, and we have our co-host, Anthony. And Anthony will be describing with us on what the six weapons of influence is. So Anthony, what is the six weapons of influence? Hello, Alex, my name is Anthony, and thank you for um, having me. Yes, so I'm gonna talk about the six influence or the weapons of influence and it comes from the book influence the psychology of persuasion by robert Cialdini. and he has basically researched on what makes people how do you convince someone to do things so basically have an influence on them and he's found out that there's six things that you need to build in order to have an influence over someone or a community or even or even even a country you know, like you have, that's the kind of power that you could have if you know how to persuade people. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is called recipro- reciprocation. And it's the simple idea of if I give you something, over time I'm going to get that back. Mm-hmm. It's all about, you know, give us gain. The more you give, eventually right. it's going to come back. And the power of reciprocation is absolutely phenomenal in the sense like it's kind of like the universe answer is answering your prayer you know like you know it's, it's just magical because there's no there's no science behind or the scientific way of proving it you know like if i give you x i'm going to get y it doesn't work that way it's right. more than that it's 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 not something that you can quantify but for the most part like if you just start giving value you'll eventually get that back and i'll give you an example Yes, so this was in around 1935 when Ethiopia was being invaded by um, the Italians and it needed help because it it was one of those cities in the world where, you know, that it was was clearly does not have the army, did not have the resources to basically support itself. But I want to get back to the story soon, but I want to talk about what happened in 1985. There was a major earthquake in, in Mexico and it needed help and resources. And all of a sudden, amongst all the nations that supported Mexico, this nation that was, that had so much pain in their own country, so much poverty, so much of um, things that are just not, you know, as um, developed as it should be, donated money to all the, uh, donated little money to the earthquake victims in Mexico. And it was baffling that how come a nation, and this was by Ethiopia, it was baffling how a nation like Ethiopia started to give back to Mexico. It didn't make sense in that a nation like Ethiopia is trying to help Mexico when it itself is in, is in pain and it's got a lot of problems in its own country. So when you look back at the research, you find out that in 1935, when Ethiopia was being invaded by Italy, the Mexicans had actually helped Ethiopia to save their seat and protect a nation. The power of reciprocation is not just a one-man thing or, you know, it's not something that happens in a day-to-day, it's not just in a small scale. Reciprocation happens even at the nation level. The reason why Ethiopia has helped them is because of the, because of the relationship that they have. And, and that's what's beautiful about this, is that when in the time of need, the power that actually triumphs is actually reciprocation. 
So, and this was because someone gave back value and this was happening after almost 50 to 60 years after Mexico has helped Utopia. And this happens all the time. Like you can't quantify it. You don't know when it's going to get back, but when it does come back, even someone who's in need of help will go out of their way to help you because you had helped them before. And if it happens at the nation level, it will definitely happen, you know, at the individual level. Mm-hmm. So that's how powerful reciprocation is. <clears throat> People don't get that, but it's one of the most powerful ways of influencing someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that happening where, you know, there's people just giving, giving. And I also notice that even though when you're giving, you also have to have the ability to receive. Because I notice a lot of people, they just give but they're not open to receiving. And that's also important because to, have, to be able to be, to be able to give to others, the other person has to receive. Absolutely. So we need both sides for that giver scheme to work. Absolutely. And how does this apply to a website or digital marketing? Uh, as we gave a great example of how the relationship between Ethiopia and Mexico works, it's the same thing, you know? Like when you give a lot of value or knowledge to the community that does not really understand the products product well and they don't know you know what to invest in money or time and resources in and you make them give them an opportunity to make better decisions and they really find that information valuable they're not immediately going to pay you or they may but over the years they remember you mm-hmm. and when it comes time to you know thank you in some form or the other you will get that back you know, may not be from the same individual, but you know, they will spread the name to someone else. They'll spread that word to someone else. The decisions, you know, would, would manifest in different ways or whatnot because of what you're provided. And it'll somehow come back just because of the nature of how things work. Right. So reciprocation is a, such a beautiful way of persuading and putting that and building that into your brand name, building that into your digital marketing so that, because you don't know who's looking at it, but you do know if you give value, it will be valuable to your prospects and to your readers. Yeah, it's almost like throwing out a boomerang. No matter where it goes, it'll fly back at you. And that's the premise. And and as I mentioned, it happens at the country level. It'll happen at the individual level. Mm-hmm. So what's the second one? The second one is commitment and consistency. Mm-hmm. Now, a great example of commitment and consistency is, I always tell people, like if you go to rural India or if you go to rural Africa, you won't find the best medications. You won't find, you know, you won't find even basic necessities to live. But you'll find two brands that is probably always out there. This Coca-Cola and this Pepsi. Mm. <laughs> because the way they work is they are so, like every advertisement you see, you'll see a, probably a Coca-Cola. You go to a World Cup, you'll see a Coca-Cola or a Pepsi. I'm just giving you that example. They're just there everywhere. They, they're so consistent in their messaging. Right. You know, if you want to quench thirst and you want to be happy, you're going to think of Coca-Cola or Pepsi. And that's what consistency is all about. It's about spreading the message over a long period of time, but just spreading the same message. You can come in different flavors and whatnot, but you got to be consistent in your messaging, right? And you got to be committed to it. Like, you know, like, you know, at the end of the day, the product is good. Like, you know, if you drink Coca-Cola or whatever be it, and if you like it, it's, I'm not promoting Coca-Cola, but I'm giving an example of how they build brand awareness. Like if you can buy Coca-Cola more easily than medication when you're really sick, that says something. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's clearly a difference in how a brand is marketing itself than how basic necessities and how those brands are marketing themselves. Like this huge distinction between the two. 
And commitment and consistency is all about being consistent in your messaging and being committed to it. You know, right. you want to make sure that when people just think a few words, they associate you with it. Yeah. So, um, so my question to you is, when you think of, I'm loving it, who do you think about? McDonald's. That's right. Right? <clears throat> because they're always fo- saying the same message. Absolutely. Same message and they're consistent and throughout, yes. and throughout the years. And that's what you talk about it. You talk about just do it. Mm-hmm. And you, Nike. There you go, right? And, and it makes sense. It, it resembles their brand as well. Like, you know, yeah. you're an athlete. Like, you know, you can't go out there and feel a little lazy. You've got to go out there and perform. So it's like, you know, go do it. Like, you know, it communicates more than just those three words. So in your messaging as, and in your business and your products and whatnot, you want to have a consistent positioning. In one of our previous podcasts, you had mentioned about this realtor who talks about only targeting people who want to use property for investing so that you know they can get if they invest it, if they get a cash back right, right, right. so that's positioning mm-hmm. and if that realtor constantly positions their brand that way you know that if you think of return on investment on your property figure out a slogan for it yeah over time that messaging will be persuasive in nature mm-hmm. that's right right so but you got but you can't be like you know one day i am selling condos and residential and third day you're doing you know if the messaging is all over the place mm-hmm. then it's not going to be consistent mm-hmm. in our brand for our, for, our, for our brand right now we're trying to position you know the vancouver seo expert and we're trying to be very consistent with that messaging right and <clears throat> i'm just going with that philosophy that if we just constantly give value under that brand name it will start to pay off in some form or form or the other it'll be influential in some form mm-hmm. so the big brands do it. They do it very well. They understand this at a much deeper level. And it's and as a business owner who owns a website, you need to figure out how to be consistent in spreading that message. And when, and I, when I talk about consistency and commitment, it's about, you say, you're blogging. Like, be consistent in that. If you blog, like, once a year, that's not consistent enough, right? right, Cause, right. Because a Coca-Cola is not there once once a year like it's there every single advertisement it's just on you all the time and this was before the digital age you know back in the day today they like, they they just own the billboards and whatnot and then you got a lot of celebrities online who are constantly dominating that that space as well so consistency and commitment is all about spreading the same message and consistently doing that mm-hmm. you also touch a little bit on repetition too because the more you do it the more people are aware of it right like- absolutely it's it, and i think it follows follows this well old, well this old saying that you know um, money follows attention right 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 you know so attention is one of the biggest currencies that in today's day digital age attention is a valuable currency you know it's, it's almost like a, it's almost like money so the more attention you can draw the more money you have kind of a thing so but how can you draw attention you can't draw attention if you just come up once in a while. So you got to be mm-hmm. committed and you also have to share the same message again and again. So the, Now, my question is, does the attention has to be good or bad or does it matter? I don't think matter? it matters. Or is that like how Donald Trump, like... I agree with you, yeah. It doesn't matter. is all over the media. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And people just voted for him. Absolutely, it doesn't matter. From what I've observed, I mean, mm-hmm. this is my, my belief, yeah. and I'm not, you know, giving an objective reasoning, but I, what I believe is that as long as people keep talking about you, whether it's good or bad... Mm-hmm. They're talking about you. Right. They're talking right. about that brand name. Right. You know? It's like Tesla. If you see CBC or or, or the networks in, in America, all they do is this Tesla. You know, it's mm-hmm. not good. Any little 
mm, problem that Tesla has, they blow it up like, you know, like you shouldn't be buying this car. But on contrary, it is the safest car on the planet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the media can do whatever it takes, wants to do to, you know, diss the, the, the value. But the funny part is they're still spreading the message. Mm. But still people are like, Tesla, Tesla. So most people don't care about what the hidden stuff is, but they're right. picking out electric Tesla, electric Tesla. And today you go anywhere around the globe and say, name an electric car that you that, that comes to your mind. Tesla. Right? And at the end of the day, it's a great product. Yeah. Right? It is. I mean, uh, I've had friends who use it, and that's all they do. They just rave about it to a point where you feel like punching them to just shut up because they right. love it so much. Right, right, right. So is that also a way of getting free promotion as well? Absolutely. I mean, like, the news are always talking about bad news. Yeah. And if you, if you can get people to talk bad about it, you get free publicity. It's word of mouth. There's nothing that can beat word of mouth. Mm-hmm. All right? Like, you have every tool that you have used online yeah. is not because they advertised. Is because of word of mouth. So you're using the Facebook because someone told you to use it. A friend right. was on it before and said you got to use it. Use Google search save earlier in the day because someone has said, hey, you know what? I know you've been using Ask Jeeves, but there's this better Jeeves out there. It's called mm-hmm. Google. You know, go check it out. And then the results that you got were like, wow. But someone spread that information through word of mouth. Right. Uh, same thing, you know, with the Amazons. No one, they started in 1995, but no one knew about them mm-hmm. till like you know maybe like 10 years ago like where it became s- such a thing in today's modern culture but you came to know about through it word of mouth same thing with the netflix and all the big brands right right like they, they they word of mouth does if the product is good people will talk about it and it by good means you know at the end you still need to make a good product it is up to someone to talk bad and good about it based on their bias but make a good product i mean that's the bottom line mm. okay so being consistent and committed. So what's the next uh, weapon of influence? Social proof. Social proof. This is, um, it, you know, it, it makes sense. So this is an experiment I think they conducted a while ago, and it, it makes sense. So for example, if you're in a, in a seminar room, right, and someone pitches a sale to you and says, you know that, after the end of this event, you call, you need to pay, you know, if you want me to, if you want to buy this product, it's going to cost you, say, 100 bucks. And say, out of all the 100 people that were attended, 99 of them stand up and say, yes, I'm gonna go buy it. Right. You would be so convinced to do it because you would feel like a party pooper if you don't do it. Mm-hmm. Because of the social pressure. And people will be asking, why aren't you not buying it? You should be buying it, why should you not buy it? You know, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's one so of those. So that's almost like the bandwagon effect, right? Yes. Got it. So you, so social proof, that's one way of showing you how, you know, like if other people are doing it, you are more inclined to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's why testimonials and reviews are a great way to build social proof because it's conveying that, you know, other people have used your products and they're talking, yeah. they're raving about it. You, sh- you too should. So trying to simulate that kind of environment where, you know, where, as I mentioned, you know, where you've got 100 people in the seminar room, 99 people are like watching for buying the product. So you're trying to simulate that onto your product. So a great way to show social proof is to testimonials, video testimonials, mm-hmm. proof, use case studies, showing them, showing users that results, showing that other people too have used your product and they love it, you know? Right, right. So what about, let's say for a small company who doesn't have a lot of proof or testimonies, what can they do to have that social proof in their, for their company? Oh, then go find more customers. Go find friends, family, knock at people's door, do mm-hmm. things for free, get things done, and get testimonials. I mean, getting testimonials should not be difficult. Right. Uh, in the sense, like, you know, if you have a great product, I know a lot of people who started, I think um, one of the big online uh, funnel guys, uh, ClickFunnel, 
back in the day when he was doing this uh, for his software, he just went and told people, you know, use my software for free. And if you don't see any return on investment, you know, it'd be free. If you do get a return on investment, you know, pay me so much. So he's gotten to get that social proof by just giving his product and services for free. And they mm -hmm. found tremendous value because the product was great. And then people started to pay you, but they gave, but they paid him not only through through monetary value, but they also paid through, you know, through testimonials and mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. So getting social proof should not be difficult. At least in the beginning when you're starting, you might have to take a little hit, like, you know, financially or whatnot. Right. Build that, build your community, build some raving fans, and then, and then, and then post that on your website in some form or the other. And the best way to get social proof, if you want to get testimonials, either you produce such a great product that they're all raving about it, and if people are busy, then write a small little testimonial for them and say, do you approve it? Right, you right. Know, make it easy for them as well. But try to collect as much as you can. Now, if you have a brand name, then you don't need social proof. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't need to go get collect testimonials. You still need social proof, but not testimonials. Testimonials is a, is a, is a, is a way of proving social proof. For example, a great way of um, not showing testimonials, but you still go buy the product is again, going back to Coca-Cola. <laughs> it's, you know, a lot of people have drank it. You know, you know it tastes good. Yeah. You know, that's, everybody's done that before. So you just, you know, go drink it. You know, like um, no, one is, no one is giving a testimonial about it, but you're, you're, you, just, you just know the, the, the effect of, of, of the network, right? So social proof is not just getting testimonials, it's building that word of mouth. It, it all gets back to, you know, commitment and consistency and whatnot, but getting the people to rave about your product. Right, right. Okay, awesome. So what is the next weapon of influence? Liking. Liking. Is that like going onto Facebook and hitting the like button? Not really. <laughs> Not really. So liking is more like, do people like you? People are more inclined to do business with you if they like you. Mm. All right. So, so, so you know, um, for example, you, the, the, the great example is, is the automobile industry. So you have like so many cars on the road, right? There's so many cars. And... In today's day and age, they all probably have the same safety features, same features, yeah. same functionality. Like, the, like technology from a technology tech, from a technical standpoint, there is very little difference. So then, when people buy a car, they're more biased by what they like, a brand they like, the people they like, or they like just because of the shape or whatnot. But it's mostly like you know, I like this. That's why I'm buying this. Right. Right. So. And even though the product may not even be great, say for example, it consumes a lot of you know fuel, but if they like the product, they're still going to go buy it, even the even though the technical specifications are not superior. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's almost like a Ferrari consumes a lot of exactly. fuel, but hey, it's fast. Yeah, and that's that's a different thing. But you, yeah, you get the point. Like you know, so you want to make your brand likable, right? Like you know, you want to make it very likable. And I'll give you another example of um, I think in the nineteen it was earlier in the century where there was something called the Tylenol Killers. Okay. And the Tylenol Killers was back in the day where we bought a Tylenol bottle, um, six people died. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, who's poisoning the Tylenol? Uh, and the manufacturer of that Tylenol used to be Johnson & Johnson. Yeah. All right. So now what happened was they had to recall all the Tylenols, mm -hmm. Tylenols and, and send it back to Johnson & Johnson. Now Johnson & Johnson could have easily stood up and said, you know what? Um, we checked everything and you know we are not at fault but that's not what they did mm -hmm. they basically you know apologized to the public and said you know what we're going to do is these are the precautions we're going to do we're going to basically sell the tablet 
and but every 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 bottle that we sell they're going to put a seal before that there was no seal so now oh, when you I buy this you see the seal you know they started to take all these precautions <laughs> so no one can tamper with the medicines and stuff right, like that right right they really basically acknowledge that okay we don't know who did it mm-hmm. someone has clearly tapped into it and put in a put in um poison into it and who was in it who was taking that pill as as diet but we are not the cause of it but this is the precautions we're going to do so that this would never happen in the future and they will then they and it's basically textbook way of saying you know this is how you solve a problem without you know making the whole community in distress because it's Tylenol i mean you, you can just go out there and buy this and this was earlier before we even had all of this so is that similar to building trust so what that happened was that people started to like the company mm-hmm. So the sales didn't go down actually, even though even though people were dying of Tylenol, it didn't really happen. People started to actually like like them, mm-hmm. and because of that, you still have Johnson and Johnson. It seems still seems like a friendly name. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like you know, no one goes there. I hate Johnson and Johnson. It's just Johnson and Johnson. It's right, kind of like right. friendly. People like them. So it's all about you know figuring out ways to even if, even if there's distress and there's something happening in your company, you got to figure out ways to make your company likable. Mm-hmm. so that the community is like you know still rooting for you even in even in the worst of days when the, you know when the company is in complete distress so that's one way of you know building up going up there and saying okay we're going to help you out no matter what like we really care about you and that's a great way of telling about it. it's the greatest way a, a, any client any any company can do is is talking about how much they care about their customers and they right. really should care about it and you build like ability very quickly All right. So so far we have uh, repro- repro- reciprocation, reciprocation, commitment and consistency, social proof, liking. And then what's the next one? What's the fifth one? Authority. Authority is uh, without saying. You know, I mean, it's um, you're you you're trying to you're trying to build authority. So in a business standpoint, in a business standpoint, you want to position yourself as. the go to person for that particular question for that particular pain point you know the, when you talk about authority as soon as you talk about airplanes you're talking about the boeing or airbus you know when you talk right. about space you're either talking about nasa or spacex you know that's authority mm-hmm. when you talk about fast foods you're probably talking about say mcdonalds they understand how to deliver things fast and they very systematically approach you know fast food and stuff so in your brand like for example when you talk about seo bank or seo we want to position our brand so that they think about ansan so that's authority right. and if you're an authority and you know what you're talking about you have tremendous knowledge about the subject people will use you over anybody else it's as good as saying you know that there's there's a lot of there's a lot of airplane manufacturers mm-hmm. but there's only few airlines people trust yeah i don't know about boeing in this day and age but you're only going to fly either on a boeing or in an airbus if you're going you know traveling anywhere across the pacific ocean like you're not going to take risk your life on some you know it's just it's got that authority because of the, the way they way they position their brand and and that's what you want because people will pay you a premium if you are the best in that you're the only one that they can refer you to so then what can people do in their business to gain authority so first and foremost is you need to create a product and have and show results right all right so if you have a product or a service and you are able to showcase that this is what we do this is the formula we adopt and all our clients are getting this kind of results we know what we're doing because our competition is not coming is not close to it right so 
like for example, who's the most authoritative in terms of electric technology, you're gonna say Tesla, right, right? right? Because they have the knowledge and when you drive the car, it's clearly superior compared to any other electric car that's out there. Similarly to say, even, even online technology, you can have all the social media that's out there, but at the end it still boils down to Facebook, Instagram, which is owned by the same company. Mm-hmm. It's authority, like they understand social more than anybody else. Like you had Twitter, but it's still, you know, it's still, it's still Facebook, you yeah. know? When it comes to search, you have a lot of search engines out there. You've got Bing, you've got GoDaddy, but this is the one thing that comes to mind for most people. Authority is about creating a great product, word of mouth kicking in, them telling all their friends and family that you gotta use this product, and then when they use it, they really believe, associate that pain point with your product. Mm-hmm. Which means like, if I wanna search, I'm gonna use Google. If I need to get an electric and go green, I'm gonna use a Tesla. You know, if I'm feeling, if I wanna quench my thirst, I'm gonna probably you know, buy a Coca-Cola. If I, if I wanna you know, go to fantasy and get my, get my imagination and enjoy a great vacation, I'm gonna go to Walt Disneyland. Like that's, yeah. that's that building, it's positioning, but you're the authority. Like I don't wanna go anywhere else other than Walt Disney. It's like, that's it. Because they positioned themselves as the best theme park on the planet. That's authority. So what about hosting workshops, having a book, becoming, you know, being on, right, doing podcasts? Does that also help with authority as well? It does help. Those are modalities. Don't get confused because you can write a book and it's not good, mm-hmm. right? Um, at the end, there are a lot of books that are not good and they still somehow position themselves as authority. The, the best way to build an authority is to create a great product. Right. You know, create something beautiful for the people to love. And then you can add, you, and you can market it using you know, eBooks and workshops and whatnot. But if you have these workshops and eBooks, but the messaging is not, is not really different from what someone else is doing, that's not an authority. I mean, you're trying to be, pos- you're, tr- you're probably an authority for 10 people in front of you. That's probably because you found them somehow, but they are not inclined to really go out there and rave about you. So the whole idea is to really build a raving fan, a raving follow, a, you know, a fan following, because they'll do the marketing for you, and they'll do that if they really believe that what you're doing really solves the problem. Got it. <clears throat> All right. So and then the final one. What is the the final? And the one? final one is scarcity. Scarcity is uh, there's very few of you. Yeah. So you better buy as quickly as possible. Um, and a great example of this is I think Tony Robbins. Um, Apparently for his coaching consultation is $1 million per year. A business owner has to pay. Wow. And, and, he, only, and he only like coaches you for like one hour every single month. Mm-hmm. So basically for 12 hours, he's cost you, you pay $12 million. Sorry, $1 million or something mm-hmm. of that sort. But he's booked for four years in advance. Wow. Right, or like, like he's like booked. That's scarcity. So mm-hmm. now someone is, someone who wants to get really high level coaching and they want to use him, they're more inclined to use him because he's built that scarcity. Like he's right. the best, he's the only one av- available and he's booked. But I wanna use him because why is he booked and why is he so expensive, mm. you know? And you, you're like, you know, I want a coaching and I'm willing to spend this kind of money, but, but he's the best. You know, mm. it's that scarcity that allows you to, uh, you know, that makes him get booked for like four or five years in advance. Because if, you, if, if it wasn't for this form phenomena, then he would never be booked because, but scarcity, trig, you know, is, is activated in our mind 
that we he, that he's booked for like years in advance, then they're probably going to wait five years better than they even get any coaching, which mm-hmm. is which is a lot, right? So scarcity works even in business. For example, if you have a great product, you can always tell you know, in six months or if you don't buy now, you know you're you're going to lose this offer and whatnot. Um, but that's a great example of showing that if your product is great, you can you create that scarcity phenomena. You don't have to right. force it. Right. You know, like I don't see too much of Amazon. Amazon may be doing that once in a while, but it's a lot of, you know, it's it's just good practice to create something so great that there's so much demand that you can't supply. Mm-hmm. And that's where scarcity should naturally occur. But if you fake it, I think they'll catch you. Like the, 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 the I mean, you can fake it to a certain extent, but I think it'll, it's, it, people will know it. So let's say you're hosting a seminar and you have this package that you want to sell. Do you say this offer is only available today? Is that scarcity? Yeah, as well? that is absolutely scarcity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know what is the caveat is if the seminar is not good, right. it'll backfire. But if mm-hmm. the seminar is good, those tactics will absolutely work. Mm-hmm. It'll it'll obviously you know, it's you're trying to you're trying to entice them to to buy quickly. It'll always work. Uh, so is that like the Tesla strategy where they can't produce enough Tesla for people to, to buy? I don't know about that, but I think they have a genuine technical problem. Okay. You know, they, they, the demand is so high that they have to just produce. It's not, it's not like they have inventory. They just, they just can't, they just do not have the, the capacity to produce so much. Mm. But I'm not, I can't, I mean, this is not something that I know too much about, but I do know that scarcity can be applied. I give an example of Tony Robbins because of scarcity, you know, you can, you will always be booked. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, same thing with an event, you know, you can, because of the scared nature, like he's only, he's like, he's the only one. No, they don't want to use anybody else. They could use someone else, yeah. but they're willing to wait five years to use him. That's scarcity, you mm-hmm. know? So I same see. thing, same thing with events. You know, if you want to, if you need to make sure that you have positioned yourself in such a level that the real scarcity that I talk about is that you're the only one and they got to use you. Mm-hmm. Rather than saying, you know, that buy now for an event is not real scarcity. It's, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's kind of like a marketing selling. But a real scarcity is like you're the best product. You're the only one that's doing it. And there's very little products and services available and everybody wants to get there. So that to me is real scarcity. Right, right. So that's almost like buying an Apple phone. There's only one. Exactly. Apple phone. Exactly. So that's the scarcity you want to really build mm-hmm. rather than saying you know there's only buy you know there's only six seats left and this, that's more like a selling technique right right but, i see but real real scarcity is is um so it's not like similar to becoming the monopoly in the market absolutely that's all we're trying to do in persuasion mm-hmm. pers- in being persuasive you want to build authority you want to be unique yeah it's, it's and this is what <laughs> makes you great at positioning I see. Right? Like, if you can if you can master this, it's not easy, but if you can master this, um, you will be very influential. Like, you'll always be able to generate business. You'll be able to influence your, your customers and whatnot. But it all boils down to having a great product. Okay. You know? Awesome. Well, thank you for that message. So let's just review the six weapons again. Can you go over them one Absolutely. So one is reciprocation. The second one, reciprocation, is the more you give, the more you'll get. Social proof. The more people vouch for you, there's good chances people will be people, more people want to buy your services or product. Mm-hmm. Liking is all about being likable because people like to do business with people who they like. Yes. Authority is all about positioning yourself as the person who knows more about the product and, and about the, about this market and about this industry more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. 
And scarcity is all about you being the only one in the market and you produce such a great product or service that because it's so scarce, it, it, it forces people to only buy your products or service compared to someone else. I see. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Anthony. Um, if you're li- interested in listening more about podcasts and how to improve your internet ranking and the way you strategize your inter- your website, <clears throat> check us out, read our blogs, and follow us on our next Vancouver SEO Expert podcast.